On today's podcast, we have the nightmare himself. Undefeated professional boxer, Nathaniel Collins. Nathaniel, welcome to the Enhanced Performance Podcast. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Good, bro. Good, bro. How's training been for this camp? All right? Yeah, good. Smashing it. Um, I was down in Sheffield like three times last week or twice last week. So I was getting good rounds in with Lee McGregor and... um, I was down at Grant Smith's gym, so ended up getting a wee couple of tickets to go to the boxing, so that was good. Yeah, that's nice, mate. How was as far in uh, Lee? That was good. So we've been sparring like quite a bit for years, so um, it's always competitive, and obviously we're about the same weight, so... Right. How, many, how many weeks out are you now, uh, I am <laughs> six weeks out on Friday. Six weeks out on Friday, so we're, we're getting into the main meat of the camp now. Um, but what we want to talk about is just you, your journey. So, how did you start off into boxing, and when did you realize? Like, when did you realize you can go pro? You know what I mean. Uh, so I started when I was like, I went to my first boxing club when I was like thirteen, right. so which is quite late for some people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my big cousin Ryan Collins, he was a boxer. He was from Irvine, so I went to watch him in the British Championship. And I was just like a wee gamer guy. Uh, I think I played COD, Modern Warfare, on the <laughs> Xbox, We fatty. So my mum and dad were like, oh, would you not fancy getting into boxing and stuff? So uh, I stayed in Hamilton at the time and I went down to Hamilton Boxing Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a wee old guy, John McCluskey, that ran it. And uh, honestly, I don't know how he ran it. He was frail as in and he looked like he was going to kill over every session he went in. So, um, But I went in there and it was just, I was hitting the bags and stuff, it was nothing major, um, and I thought, I quite like this, but this isn't the club, uh, and I went to a club called View Park um, in Uddingston, and it was good there, they had proper good boys, um, that's when I first really started getting into it, and then uh, my family moved to Glasgow, I went to Bella Houston for a wee while, and then I ended up with Joel, um, he had his own club, Hayfield, and when I went to Hayfield, it just went kind of mad for there because Joe was like an all-in or all-out kind of guy. So you went in um, and his actual words just to be like butter. Anybody that comes in, because we want to see if they're going to stick it and be about it. So I get barred and battered from months. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like I, eventually I stopped getting barred and that's when I was like, right, I can, I can hold my own here. And it just right. took off for there. So I was taking off because obviously were you twelve and zero now? Twelve and zero. Twelve and zero, not bad, yep. eh? Six knockouts. Well, what? I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like you're twelve and zero. What you British champion, Commonwealth champion? Yep. I don't feel you've got the recognition that you really deserve yet. Do you? Do you feel that? And if so, why do you think that's the case? Um. I just I, I agree. I agree. I've not got the recognition I deserve. I don't know. It's a funny one. Um, I would say, without sounding very boohoo, it's about being Scottish. I've always said that in interviews and, you know, um, you look at the people based down south, you've got people okay. coming out of like the ABA's English Championships um, as an amateur, not really done anything. You, some of them not even had senior fights and they're going right into matchroom, Queensbury, you know, fighting 
yeah. on the big stage right away. So um, we thought of ending up with here like that. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what the, the deal is. But uh, I would say we're slowly getting there. But um, that that's it. It's just, I, I think it's a big problem in Scottish sport across the board, not just boxing. Yeah, you may be right. How does something like that though almost help in a way? Does that you me have a little chip in your shoulder like you're gonna show these guys? Definitely. I I've always had a chip on my shoulder. Um you know, I'm happy now. I'm happy now. Like I, I got my deal, I got signed to Queensbury, I'm with okay. Rack One, you know, my, my next few fights will be on BT, TNT Sports or whatever it's gonna be called now. Um so like I'm over the moon now, but the chip on your shoulder's still there because you look at the guys like my weight who probably not been in any tougher fights than I've been in but are like household names yeah big following you know mega sponsors not struggling by month to month you know so it's like you kind of not have a chip on your shoulder but you're right it pushes you on because I know what I'm fighting for yeah. they, they're kind of sitting comfy now I know what I'm fighting for that's right you're right mate you do seem quite strong mentally um I think that's obviously a huge, huge benefit to a fighter, obviously. Have you got any, like, pre-fight rituals or even some mental preparation? Do you do visual visualisation or anything like that when you go into a fight? Um, so, when I was an amateur, I used to go to a sports psychologist and I'd done hypnotherapy and stuff, and it was amazing. It was, like, honestly, it was life-changing. <laughs> it definitely took me from a certain place to, you know up levels because I was always just there or thereabouts and nobody right. knew me but I don't think anybody thought I was ever going to do anything um, and then I went and seen this lady and I swear like the difference was night and day that year was everyone in the Scottish I went to the Commonwealth Games and stuff so um, it definitely changed me she actually retired and then I couldn't get a hold of her anymore I don't know where she I'm honestly she disappeared off the face of the earth um, so now I don't do anything, but I would definitely love to get back into it. <laughs> and yeah, I just think from then I've always had a set, like, that uh, way. So for people listening, like, what kind of things, are, have you got any tips that, they, that she told you that you can give out, like mental mental tips, is there anything that you can remember that she told you? Um, you know, it's strange, like, I, 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 again, when I was doing it, people were like, nah, it's not going to work, it's not that, it's not that, hypnotherapy's a lot of nonsense. Um... She used to get me sitting in a chair and she'd say, keep your arms on the armrest of the chair and picture like a ball of light coming out from your feet and your feet getting warm all the way up. Picture the light and then let it sit at your chest, like take in the good energy, bring it up, let it go into your head and then let your head fill up with the light. Obviously keep your eyes closed and that light's a winning mentality. Right, okay. And you would have to like sit Honestly, it was hour sessions I used to do. I felt like I used to go in and sit, and I, I'd when I woke up, it would be in an hour again. Like, obviously, I was present and I knew what was happening, and really? blah blah blah. But it was just flew by, but it was amazing. Um, hopefully, I don't know if I'd ever be able to re replicate that. Really? Be done, but I know people out there are doing it. So I think I think a lot of time hypnotherapy gets a bad rap because you see it perform as like a stage thing and like turning people into chickens and stuff like that. <laughs> And people don't realise like the actual benefit it has. Like my dad's a my dad's a trained hypnotherapist, so what my guys went to him and it has a huge benefit for fighters. So that is something I think a lot of fighters should be doing some kind of mental prep like that. Uh, 
for sure. I think everybody just sees Peter Powers and thinks, uh, yeah, <laughs> forget about that. Um, so as like, I suppose this goes into the next question was be part of your team. So as like a big part of it, or was a big part of your team, and I always think it's like pillars. Coach, obviously your SSC coach, me. You've got like, <laughs> you've got your head the therapist, your mindset guy, your nutritionist. How important do you think your team is in your own success? Yeah, before, obviously now I'm going up the levels. Before and again, like you said earlier, like I've got a good mindset. I'm quite resilient, so yeah. I feel like any style of training I done or any whatever I ate or blah blah blah. I used to be like, ah, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. The result's always going to be the same. I'm strong enough. I'm, you know, it's all just a mindset. It's all just a feeling. Um, the first time that thought process changed for me was when I got a nutritionist, nutritionist on board, and I just like the way I made the weight was so easy. Like, was cutting about eating the day before the day before the weigh-in, and so I was like, I'd never just never experienced that in my life before, and I was like, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. <clears throat> maybe it does matter what I'm doing, what I'm eating, what I'm thinking. So. Yeah, that, that changed massively. Again, yourself, I came on board, changed my body. Like, last fight, I was... You, people would have been like, get this guy tested, man. I was solid. <laughs> um, I was solid and I was strong, and you've seen it come out of my performance. So, yeah. um, it is important to have other factors on board. Uh, obviously, your boxing coach is your main, yeah. your main dude, and at the end of the day, you're a boxer, so... I always think you can eat well, you can do your SSE, you can train hard, but you're fighting at the end of the day, so you need to need to be able to box. So that is important and secondary, you're right, it's pillars, but the foundations needs to be boxing. And there's lots of people I see nowadays that are doing like lots of SSE, lots of like oh, I'm eating this, I'm doing this, I'm doing these whatever red zone runs and stuff, but then when it comes to the boxing, they've, they've forgot all about, like, you're a boxer. So, it's different. It's weird. It's strange. That might be a funny opinion. Obviously, uh, you're well, the I, coach. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you. I have guys message me and say, should I do my S&C session or should I do my boxing session? The answer is always you should do your boxing session. Because that's just, that's your sport. You know what I mean? We're not here to get you good at lifting weights. We're, we're, we're trying to benefit your boxing. So, do your boxing first, always. But you're right. I find a lot of people are now maybe going too far into the S&C and like it's taking time out of the, the boxing, the technical training. I don't think it's a good thing. That's why I like guys have timetables and set everything properly like that. But I think you're completely right. I completely agree with you. It's like um, I was speaking to Lee about it um, at the start of the week and I, we were speaking about the Americans actually and it's he's like, I've been out, he was on GB, they'd done a camp out in like um, the USA team's place and he was like, they just train different, they train all day. And they can train all day because, like, we are rattling SSC sessions, we are rattling, like, track work, blah, 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 whereas they go in and they'll spend, like, hours just going over technique, they'll spend hours going over footwork, they'll spend hours shadow boxing and, you know, doing head movement and you see them doing their drills on the pads and it's just repetition and rhythm and, like, you can train like that all day and then the next day you can train like that all day, whereas in the UK everyone's just like, like we need to go hard, we need to go hard every day. Yeah. We need to bash our bodies, we need to sprint our fastest, we need to... Blah, blah. And then you see these guys and they're like, how are they so many leagues above us? Of course they're doing their stuff at certain times, but it's just different and it's... I totally am invested in that. I love the Americans, I think their style's brilliant. 
Yeah, I mean, they produce a lot of the, a lot of the greats on this, so you can't really knock what they're doing. I think you're right. It's about balance, mate. I think, I think two sessions of SNC is usually enough a week. Like that's two hours of your week. That's enough. You know what I mean? It depends on everyone, I suppose, like physically and like where they're lacking in certain areas. But I like two sessions a week for my guys a lot. So how do you balance that with your kind of your life? Well, you've just had a kid, yeah, or you, yeah. So like, how do you balance that the boxing with having a missus and a kid? Uh, <laughs> difficultly. <laughs> I get in trouble a lot. <laughs> um, nah, it's been different. It's just that's it's the same as everything you learn as you go. Yeah. Um, I am very very fortunate that Anna just watches the baby all the time and if the baby gets up she'll get up if the baby needs something she'll do it we have a wee agreement that she can go and train um she goes and trains three nights a week for an hour so i'll get the baby but it's good like i'm doing my training my training is done i'm relaxing me and the baby will chill watch movies like she's getting on fortunately she's getting that wee bit older before when she was younger it was like crazy but um she's one and like Two months, so it's just flying by. Oh, it's flown by actually. And yeah. it's not changed anything. You hear about a lot of fighters when they have a kid, like it takes them to another level almost. Like they've got someone to really fight for now. Is it, do you feel that's done that for you? Yeah, I, it was funny. Like I was talking to Andrew McCart and I said, like, I've always wanted to do this and I've always wanted to be really? the best. So the, the baby's not changed anything. But at that point, like I was a fresh new dad. Like, I'd been in camp, so I'd not spent a lot of time with Fanna and the baby. And I was like, ah, it's not really changed anything for me. Now we're, like, 10 months in. I'm like, it's changed everything. I need to make it. I need to... I need. I want to pay off the house. I want her to have the easiest life. I want Anna to not need to go back to work and stay home. And she can spend all the years with, with a baby. And I can... You know what I mean? It's... Yeah. it's it's totally changed my, my perspective in the last just few months rather than from when she's been about. But it's funny because I spoke to a mate of mine who had a baby and he was like, I felt the same like, see, at the start, it wasn't like, oh, I just felt, you know, you see everybody posting like, oh, just keep your unconditional love. And I'm like, that's all of that nonsense, man. <laughs> you don't even know the baby can't even open its eyes. It can't see you. But once you start seeing you and doing things and funny, like, my wee ones just started giving kisses and stuff. It's like changes right. your yeah, like soft as butter now. <laughs> I guess that's the difference. A lot of time you hear between like the mother and the father. Like, the mother is like instant, but Aye. with the father, it does take a little bit of time because they're not doing anything. They're boring. But oh, now you see personality coming across and stuff. And that obviously like helps your motivation. Like that's just that'll get you up in the morning. And that's a, a huge benefit. I always say to fighters, you need to remember their why. And like having a kid is probably one of the biggest ways you can possibly have. So that's definitely going to push you on. Another thing I was want to ask you about is like being undefeated. Do you feel any pressure to protect that that old that zero? Um. So that's something that's changed for me as well. Right. <laughs> uh, before I was signed, I was thought I'll fight everybody. I'll fight anyone. Well, uh, no, sorry, that's the wrong thing. I will, I will fight anyone and everyone. Before I was signed, I thought, the O doesn't matter to me, you know, if I win it's earlier and if I win it's this. I think, see, when you start boxing for a big promotion or a big, you know, on a big platform, yeah. the O start to mean a lot more. Um, 
because your bargaining chips go up. Yeah. But uh, so now now it's a wee bit different for me. Now I've got a wee bit of a more of a thing because I was just in I was like a big fish in a small pond in Scotland where I'm like I, I'm not bothered whatever blah blah blah. Now it's opened up a bit and I'm like. I do. I I've just got a natural thing. I want to be better than everyone ever. Like everyone. So now I'm like they all does matter. Yeah. <laughs> like you say, it's a bargain deal that means a lot more to your paycheck if you've got that old. Definitely. Yeah. So who is your next opponent? And what does he do well? Are you going to be protecting that all against him? And how are you going to be doing it? Uh, so I'm fighting a guy from Birmingham. He's called Reza Hamza. Yeah. Um, he's good. He is. His attributes, he's like tall, he's 5'10", five, 5'11", five, maybe. Yeah. Um, so he's big and rangy, and he's fundamentally good in terms of technique and awkwardness, but nothing I've not seen or fought before, especially like in the amateurs, I was 60 kilo, and I was tiny, and I'm fighting big guys. So all my career, I was a small guy, fighting bigger guys. You know, the guy I fought for the Commonwealth title, bigger guy. So it's not like I'm not not going to be surprised or shocked or anything. And I've watched him plenty of times. Um, so, but there's, everybody says it, it's the old cliche. I'm not underestimating him either, but hopefully I'm going to make a big statement, a big performance. Um, it's the first one on TV, so uh, I need to I need to do what, you know, people do, put out a big, Pretty much, I need to knock him spark out, and then everybody go ranting, ranting and raving, and move on. <laughs> right, mate. Do you like? Do you ever trash talk, or do you ever like play mind games with him? Maybe at weigh-ins or phone on social media. Do you any, like any of that? I like it. I like watching it. I I've never done it. I don't see the point. I don't. I've not got no personal beef with most people. Right. Like, um, it's different. If you want to come in to the to the weigh-in or the the press conference and start then we can start um and i've got slaggings and part for days so we can go we can go for it but um nah i'm not bored it's not about that i'm here to fight you know do your business in the ring that's that i'll do my business my talking in the ring and that's pretty much it so that you are getting bigger than you're obviously with be 13 and all looking forward who do you see as a short-term kind of in the next maybe few fights that you would really like to fight? Like someone looking up in the rankings, you think, I want him. And then uh, long-term, who's like a dream like, matchup for you? So, I don't know where I'll move short-term because ideally I would like to move into a European title and that is held by a guy in Italy. Okay. So that would maybe my next short-term kind of goal. Whether that will transpire or not, I don't know. Long-term, I'd like to fight in America. I'd like to fight for like the WBC and get an American show, Vegas or Madison Square. Or, you know, I'm sure that's everybody's dream, but that's pretty achievable for me. Like I'm top ten in the WBC, yep. so um, the guy who holds it now possibly might vacate. So. Um, and then second in the WBC is Nick Ball. He's signed to the same one as me. We've got our wee beef. So, um, you know, it's not actually 
Yeah, it's not out of the realms of possibility. Yeah, it's not out of the realms of possibility. Sure, when you started boxing and someone said you're going to fight in Madison Square Garden, you'd be like, shut up. But realistically, you're actually not that far away from not that. that far away, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Nick Ball there. Now, what is the beef for you and Nick Ball? What happened? Because I thought it was going to happen and it never happened. So what kind of transpired there? That was just like, wait, it was meant to be signed and sealed. Um... I had a fight coming up to defend my Commonwealth against uh, a Welsh boy, Jacob Robinson. Yeah. Uh, and because that fight was happening, they decided to take the Isaac Law fight. And obviously I won my fight yeah. and I hurt my hand in it. So my hand was all swollen. So when they gave me the call, they said, that was like January, February, March, April, May, June. Aye, so that was May, middle of May. I took a week off and had hurt my hand. And they were trying to get me to fight in like June or July or something. So it was like four or I might have been six weeks after, but I would I wouldn't have been able to spar for the camp. Right. Um I was up for it and I said, We'll take it if you do it in August. They said definitely we'll put it out, but we'll move the date. They put it out, then they said they weren't going to move the date. So I said to Sam, like, I can't fight in that day, it's just not possible. Right. Um and funnily enough. He just went and fought Isaac Lowe about a week after I said that and obviously Trindom made a statement. So he blew up and then they were like, oh, you're avoiding the fight because this and that. It was never the case. And uh, I said I'd fight him. So I signed to fight him again in November or something. I'm sure it was in York Hall. And it was like, definitely going to happen, definitely going to happen. Contract was coming through and I, it was getting like two or three weeks out and I was like, They've not put anything out about this. What the hell's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. Messed Sammy's like, it's done. I assure you it's done. Um, and then a random boxing page just put out, Nick Ball will be fighting in the York Hall, will not be against Nathaniel Collins. So I was like, right, something funny going on here. I sent it to Sam. He said, nah, definitely not. That's How would they know? Blah, 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 blah. It's definitely going ahead, definitely going ahead. He was, I was like, listen, find out, will you? Because I've been in a full camp here. Right. Um, and then they phoned and he was like nah it's not going ahead um, they wanted to fight somebody else they wanted to go a different route and they ended up fighting some mad random Mexican parting them and chinning them in the first round but I've always said I wanted that fight and that's where the beef is I don't particularly like him I don't like because he came out and started bullshitting basically saying that I was no one that I wasn't this I wasn't that and I was always calling for it so I like see when you they're starting playing games with dates and like saying it's going to happen and call up. There's only one reason to do that, and that's because they're worried about they want the biggest fight to be him, and they they're worried about him fighting someone like yourself. You know what I mean? So they obviously thought we'll just take this random Mexican and have an easy fight rather than fighting a very dangerous fighter than yourself. It's as simple as that. Definitely. And if you like, I watched his last fight there, and then he get outboxed for like the first half of the fight. Eventually, he got to the guy. Which he does have the capabilities to do. He's strong. He's he's strong yeah. as anything, and he can obviously bang. But I just I'm all wrong for him. They knew that, and that was why. Like now he's in position number two with WBC. He's up there with like every governing body. So yeah. he's on a route now to world titles. And if they took me, they know that they'd have lost that position. So well, things are about the business of the boxing, isn't it? It's just what it is. 
Definitely. I don't grudge him for doing that as well. And we wouldn't have had the beef had he not came out and started shouting. Yeah. I, I was ducking it or anything, so I was more than happy to go to town. Is there anything you would advise for aspiring boxers out there? Like Looking back at your past there, you're established or going into these big fights that you wish you'd done at the start that you maybe hadn't done? Yeah... You just need to be smart, be smart with your contract, be smart with what's included. Um, my first three years I boxed and fair enough lockdown happened and stuff, but my first three years I boxed as a pro, I never boxed once at my weight, at featherweight, and I was saying, like, I don't want to fight journeyman. Yeah. Simple as, I don't want to fight. I would rather lose my record and not fight journeyman than fight journeyman, but I thought, Two or three journeymen. Then I fought Monty. Yeah. Um, that was my first step up, and I never wanted to go backwards after that. And then they kept trying to get me journeyman, and I left. And then my first fight, the new contract, um, I went with Sam, and he had like my whole next three years mapped out for me already. Like, you're going to fight for the Commonwealth first fight. Like, I know you've been out the ring for two years because of the lockdown. Can you do that? A 12 rounder right away? And I was like, absolutely. That's what I've been yeah. saying since I started you know so you know if you're good enough don't rush but um, no not if you're good enough don't rush if you don't know if you're good enough don't rush but don't if you know you're good enough you need to go fast because it's a short short career short game that's it you don't know when you're going to get injured or stuff like that so I completely agree with you there but yeah the contracts is obviously a big one because how are you supposed to know a legal contract when you're a boxer when you're anybody, if, if you're not involved with being a lawyer or that, like, it's impossible. So, yeah, that's a good bit of advice. Maybe have someone there that can guide you in that kind of aspect that you, you truly trust and isn't just Definitely. And you need, to, you need to remember, like, the managers work for you. You don't work for them. You don't, like, there's a, a million managers in the UK. So, um, like, when I first went in, I never even looked at my contract. Never, I just took the word of the first guy I spoke to. Yeah. and signed you know so and I'm not saying there's nothing like I signed with Ian Wilson there's nothing wrong with Ian Wilson he looked after me to an extent Um, his shows are good like it was great for me to start building up but I knew my worth and I was trying to like ride my own wave I wasn't trying to ride off the back of other people at that time like cash for it it was just one of the British and stuff so everyone was trying to ride off the back of that I wasn't I was sitting like get me my own mm-hmm. titles get me my own things so um. You need to just know your worth and know that you can negotiate and go in and say, nah, I'm not happy paying this amount or I'm not happy with you taking this percentage or I want this percentage of tickets or I want this or what. You yeah. know, you you can go in and say to them because what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no. You say, cool, I'm going to go and speak to somebody else before and weigh up my options because it's business. They don't care about you. I've learned that. I learned that pretty quickly like in even though I'm friends with Sam and I get on with Sam, like I've got no, I've got no illusions that Sam wouldn't do what he needed to do to make his money because at the end of the day, he's a promoter, he's a manager, his job's to make money the same way my job's to make money. So I just say to Sam now when Sam says to me and that's how it should be, honesty. Maybe you're 100% right. So now that you are into the kind of big leagues on BT Sports and stuff, you will be getting more fans because you'll keep on winning. How how have you dealt with having fans? Is that a strange thing, having fans? Have you had like pictures sent to you, like all these like 
mock-ups and like your highlight and yeah. how do you deal with that it's so weird like because i'm the most normal person ever and like i can't remember who said to me but they're like people actually are looking up to you and people are actually yeah. interested in what you're doing and you're a big deal to people like for them to meet you and i was like nah it's like i'm just a wee, i'm just a guy that cuts about normal like i would never say like I, I don't know i just i just don't feel like i'm any different so it's funny but i, I was in brayhead the other day and two wee guys came up to me and like ian's any cottons can i get a photo yeah. and i was absolutely cheesed i was like no way somebody actually knows who i am uh, it's happened twice or three times there's always wee boys as well um i'm like i i, I was in asda as well and i'm was shouting at me she was like oh my god i found you god yeah like, i was like hi <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny it's funny but it's just like because i've got my own gym and people are coming through all the time <laughs> and i'm seeing people all the time i don't realize like they think that i'm good and a big deal and stuff like because they see me every day but they do <laughs> yeah, <a> big deal. <laughs> it's funny but i don't ever feel like that i'm just normal and i would never be like even if i was making millions and you know what I mean? If I was the next big thing and make millions, I would never. Because I'm just a normal guy, you know? When someone goes like, and asks for a picture, it, it's nice. But I always feel like if you are like that, like the Josh Taylors of the world and stuff like that, it must be a fucking nightmare eventually on a night out. Like, you can't go anywhere in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Or any of the super famous guys, it must become a bit of a drag. Maybe when you get to that level, when everybody's asking you for a photo, I don't know, but I just think I've always, I, you know, I've always just been like normal, but or like not normal, but I think Josh has been a big deal for a long time, whereas I've been not a big deal where nobody even knows, like you're saying, I'm just un- flying under the radar the now, so. You're right, Josh has been famous for a long time, obviously the big massive amateur screen and stuff like that, so it's a bit different for him. Right, the final, we're going on to quick fire questions, okay? Nice and rapid, nice and easy. Favourite fight you've watched? Uh, Mick Conley and Lee Wood. Favourite fight you've had? Uh, Bolton Stadium for an African to defend the Commonwealth. My hands were absolutely gubbed in the second. I knocked him out in the ninth, and then I've got a big portrait of me jumping up in the ropes, but there was thousands of people there. It was cool. Favourite fighter? Uh, Current or past? We'll do one of each. So, Floyd Mayweather, right. as past, current as Shakur Stevenson. Oh, Shakur Stevenson, okay. Biggest animal you can beat with your bare hands? A dog. A dog? <laughs> Wait, what are we talking? A dachshund? <laughs> are we talking a Rottweiler? We... Uh, I don't know if I could beat a Rottweiler with my bare hands. <laughs> what other animals is there? Giraffe look quite timid. Giraffe? You've got to be kidding me. Don't know. I've seen them swing their head, but on yeah, and you may have the head movement to beat them, though. We'll see. Uh, any celeb? If you could pick any celebrity to fight, who would it be and why? Is there a celeb that you don't like out there? You're like, I would like to smash you. I don't know. That's a right. put me on the spot with that Pretty one. <laughs> I don't Pretty know much. any celeb. Mine's is Paddy McGuinness. You know Paddy McGuinness. Yeah, like. No, yeah, like, you know, uh, like, nah, he's cool. Yeah. I definitely would smash him. <laughs> Hard Facts. question. Right, so we'll come back to it. Right, come Facts. back to that one. Facts or quote? Give me a fact, a fun fact, or a fact or a quote that you like. 
uh, a quote that I like is, if you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Oh, I like it. If you had to pick any superpower, what would it be and why? Teleportation, because I could travel anywhere and I could rob banks. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll end on that. Thank you very much, Friday, for coming on. And just uh, let us know what your Instagram handle is and when is your fight. It is Nathaniel Collins on Instagram and my fight is the 18th of August and it'll be live on TNT Sports, which is the new BT Sports. So it's the you same thing. Perfect. Thank you very much, Brett. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Pal. Dom, 